Hi, welcome to the Geopolitics Alert podcast. You're here with Randy, Jim, and Ray. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I am Jim. I am the editor at Geopolitics Alert and editor. Uh, I'm Ray. I'm just a, uh, you know, just a person. Future columnist. <laughs> yeah, once our computer woes <laughs> get solved. And I'm Randy with Geopolitics Alert as well. Um, well, it's been... A while since we talked last, and this past month or so has seen a lot of activity. I guess we'll call it that for now. Um, to start, why don't we jump into the Al Quds announcement from a few weeks ago? Okay. Um, that would start with Trump's announcement then. Yeah, so we can backtrack to the decision. It seemingly came up quick, because it was only discussed in the media for, what, like two or three days before mm-hmm. it happened, when it was mm-hmm. leaked that Trump was going to declare Al-Quds or Jerusalem or whatever you choose to call it as the capital of Israel. Um, <clears throat> so, the, yeah, that came up pretty quick. I don't remember exactly the day it happened, but it's obviously all been downhill from there. I think it was, uh, that was December 4th, I think. It was the beginning of the month. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's gone. There's UN votes. You have uh, the Organization for Islamic Cooperation vote. Um, Erdogan's on a tirade, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, he's actually. been the loudest <laughs> voice, basically. Yeah, he's kind of funny. Watching him get mad about I mean, I know it's for like his base, but it's cool watching him get mad about something decent for once. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's actually mad at the right thing. Not, uh, You know, I'm never going to turn over on that one and trust him all of a sudden, but... I like how it's isolating the U.S. even further now, because even their NATO allies are taking a step back and saying this was the wrong decision. Right. We're not supporting this. I didn't check how how they voted, though, in the most recent... um, So, Germany, France, all they voted no. Okay. Uh, The U.K., I believe, voted no, too. Uh, and uh, so, like, their main EU allies or NATO allies all voted against them. That, yeah. like, significantly, like, you know, isolates them as, like, a washed-up, you know, entity. Because I saw Canada abstained, but I was wondering yeah. if Europe would have <laughs> abstained, too. Nah, they're... I feel like they're, like, exasperated at this point. Like, they're so annoyed by this. Yeah. And the fact that this one dickhead in the United States is dictating it. Mm-hmm. Because look what they had to go through the beginning, the beginning of the fall from, like, September to October when Trump was first starting to talk about backtracking on the Iran nuclear deal. Yeah. And <laughs> they were all pissed about that because they've all started investing in Iran and forming trade alliances. That's... And especially Germany, who's already hit by sanctions on Russia, um, that just, you know, isolates the U.S. (laughs) Yeah, they're already pissed off on so many other fronts that, like, yeah, and the Iran deal is a perfect one because it's, it was the Obama style of foreign policy where it was negotiated with a giant coalition, and now it's just, like, one asshole decides to blow it for everyone. Like, nah, I don't like this. And, like, that's the same with Jerusalem. It's just one dickhead mm-hmm. decided, like, I'll be the Western leader to be the f- biggest piece of shit here. It's still funny how their response to it, even though they're, like, you know, uh, like, right before uh, they voted on it, Trump basically said, or was it right before or right after, Trump basically said, uh, you know, oh, you know, and we don't have to, his arms crossed, oh, we don't have to give them money anymore if they're not gonna you know like <laughs> toe the line and like uh and then nikki haley right after said oh well, well we're taking names like there's like 128 names on that list like and most of them are like people that you do business with are you that like are you that silly you know people like, you for one thing people use that u.s money to buy u.s products so right it's mm-hmm. really just a he's cutting off his own government subsidy program which is the dumb thing He's really only shooting himself, like he would be with any trade decisions he makes, or he says he's going to make, you know, China currency manipulation, all that stuff. It, he would always just shoot himself in the foot, and it seems like that would be another way that he'd do it. And he's just like, no, I won't give anyone aid. And then, like, now you've 
now you're no longer subsidizing all these like U.S. charities right. and like NGOs that rip people off. Yeah, your economy depends on like crooks like that. <laughs> I was wondering too. Do you think he expected like everyone to rally behind him on this? Do you think there's? Do you think the Trump regime is surprised right now? I, I, uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, people seem to think he like, you know reacts really irrationally like he'll get really upset about like just minor stuff like someone like making fun of him on twitter so i think yeah i'm sure he's they're really shocked about this and like their only people that were behind them were like with the marshall islands and micronesia and israel of course you know uh like honduras who like their election was pretty much you know a fraud so like i can't imagine who told him it was a good idea in the first place because, I mean, besides the weird ones, you know, who obviously would, like, Saudi Arabia and stuff like that, right. we know they told them, like, yeah, it's cool. Egypt, too, just because mm-hmm. they're banking on U.S. and Saudi money, so they needed to. But, like, who besides them and Israel, obviously, who was telling them, they're like, yeah, this is nobody, you know? Right, Even, yeah. what's in the... Uh, in Jordan, you know, even the Jordanian government, who's always complaining, but for some reason always follows the U.S. into the shit. Right. You know, the Jordanians who said, no, don't invade Iraq. <laughs> no, this war against ISIS is going the wrong way. Right. And like, these people who always say, like, please don't do this. Once again, like, don't move the capital. Like, nah, whatever. <laughs> and they're the ones, like, closest to Israel who have to pay for this shit. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, I don't know what they thought could have happened really mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure who else in his cabinet could have said that was a good idea <laughs> even like I think he's talking about what pushing Tillerson out yeah that, that's the there's a couple articles or whatever ran that were saying they wanted to push Tillerson out that he would like right after like January or something he would he would step down I've been seeing that, and it doesn't surprise me because he's been the one, I think, to speak up and say we need to stop being so hostile towards Iran, even. And that's that's so unusual. Yeah. What's funny? It's going to be funny if he's fired. I'll laugh. (laughs) It'll be funny when Bob Mueller's fired, too. But still. um, I don't know. I just don't understand. Like, I get what they're doing, and I get... Like Erdogan, Trump does this stuff for his base. And, you know, this is some really... The evangelical Christian aspect here of it is so stupid. And, like, the right-wing reactionary defense of Israel here is so stupid because it's so baseless. You know what I mean? Like, these people people who don't even know why they're defending Israel will constantly yell at you for hours about how great Israel is and how nothing needs to touch it. Like, it's so... How big the move is for the region compared to, like, what people here think about. Like, the people who really give pretend to give a shit about Israel think. Like, right. We have to support the only democracy in the Middle East. And meanwhile, like, this is lighting the whole region on fire. And, like, you're not even thinking about why you're doing this. Yeah. I think that's part of, like, why Trump does it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't... Well, at the, the heart of it, they have, like, the same mentality of, like, colonizing shit out of people, you know? And, uh... They, you know, with the the Israeli treatment of the Palestinians are is like no different from the U.S. You know, the white uh, treatment of uh, you know indigenous people here. You know, like literally putting them in open air prisons. You know, oh, like yeah. same things happening in Gaza, and that's why they don't even like they don't realize that they're that's why they're you know they share that similarity and that's why they defend each other. You know. Yeah, I. It's, you know, one thing to remember is, like, Israel is run by Europeans. Right. You know? Yep. Netanyahu isn't Bibi's last name. It's not his real last name. <laughs> it is the same thing, you know? Yeah. It is exactly the same thing. But mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's weird that they thought, like, they could inter- bully the whole international community. Which, I guess, brings us to Nikki Haley, who is the one doing this. Yeah. Um, well, and just to end on that and roll into the next point um i forgot who it was in iran who said everybody who um voted for or voted against the 
recent resolution will risk being isolated by the international community. Um, so all they'll have is the U.S. at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, shortly after the Jerusalem announcement, we had Nikki Haley, not at the U.N. yet, but she was just speaking at a press conference in front of the Yemeni missile fragments. In front of a piece of sewer pipe. <laughs> like the uh, worst missile ever. Yeah. Like, that's not... I don't think that was even it. It wasn't. I don't think it was either. It wasn't either. <laughs> no way. It was like a sewer line. Like um, a movie prop or something. Yeah. That was hilarious, though. <laughs> it just looked like a dumpster or something, dude. That wasn't... A, yeah. That was the worst. It, even compared to, like... The Israel stuff. How bad she was on that. Like, how much she wants to bomb Iran. And using that as basically just towing the Saudi line of this was a direct attack by Iran on Saudi Arabia. Yeah. It was bullshit. She just stood in front of a pile of garbage on pallets and said that shit. It was just a pile of trash. And it was literally stacked on fucking two stacks of pallets. They were just, like, inside a creepy-ass warehouse, dude. Like, that was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And I haven't seen anyone's response to that. Like, she was trying to use that to build an international coalition right. against Iran. I haven't seen anyone respond, like, throughout Europe or anything. No one so. really got fired up by that. I think everyone <laughs> understood it. It's like some Hollywood-esque shit, you know? I think, yeah, and I think Europe also, like, nah, we saw this show before. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? We like, followed you <laughs> into this before. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. still trying to pick up the mess. And Iran is not Iraq. That's, that's, her, a, uh, <laughs> that's a big difference. Like yeah. Between what Saddam was in 2003 and what Iran is now, Right. there's a huge difference. And to think that Europe would just like, no, we've already done this. You had a vial of anthrax at the UN. Right. And you had Colin, Colin Powell, Powell holding moment. up like pictures. <laughs> you showed us pictures of trucks and you were like, look at three hours later, this truck was gone and this is proof of chemical weapons. Like you did crazy ass displays. You had charts made up for Donald Rumsfeld and shit. Like this was, I, I just think that they've been, you know, they've seen it. Like they know exactly yeah. what this is. And like, the only player <laughs> that worries me a bit is France because back in October, when they were backtracking on the nuclear deal, Macron said um, Iran's stirring up trouble throughout the region. And he basically just, you know, reiterated what Trump has been saying that and, and what Nikki Haley said, that their fingerprints are all over everything. And shortly after Haley's stupid missile speech or whatever you want to call it, um, Rouhani urged Macron not to blindly follow Trump into this rhetoric. So. Yeah. But they they have too much to lose I don't, siding with the U.S. in this. Yeah, it would be a disaster. I don't think France would, because for one, France is like one of the biggest beneficiaries of sanctions being lifted. And for two, to think that the EU can handle a massive war right now. Yeah. In a time where like they're thinking of sanctioning one of their own members. You know what I mean? Like, to think the EU could handle wading into the Middle East again behind the United States is ridiculous. I thought that, that was probably just Macron trying to reiterate that Europe has the upper hand and, like, exert dominance in yeah. some way. Yeah, he he seems to be trying, like, because Merkel's in the shit right now, he seems to be trying to, like, take that position of head of Europe faster than he thought. Because he thought he'd have to, like, share, like, you know, the flagship nations of Europe spot with Merkel. Right. And now that she's just kind of really, you know, it's unclear what's going to happen if she'll be able to form a coalition or whatever. So I think he's just stepping up. It was the same with his face-off with Assad. You know, I think he's just mm -hmm. trying to step up as the leader of Europe. But he's not really interested in going to war with Iran. Especially, like I said, as they're trying to hold this shit union together that no one likes right <laughs> and he wants to be in charge of the whole thing so but Haley I don't know she's a weird you know we talked before we started recording she's a shit governor yeah you know she doesn't belong there no she shouldn't be there at all 
And <laughs> and this show is even more ridiculous than Colin Powell's. Uh, you know, you can't do it justice without seeing a picture. It's, no. It seemed like something you'd see uh, for like a Marvel movie, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need to call in the superheroes yeah. to destroy, you know, the Iranian, evil Iranian uh, influence. Yeah, it looks but. like a, something that hit Earth in a Transformer movie. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, and that's... They had a piece of something that's not evidence to whatever. I don't know what they think they would do. A ground invasion of Iran? Like, you think that's enough to justify something like that? <laughs> they uh, they simulated that in the Millennium uh, Games, and they got yeah. their asses yeah. whipped. The Millennium Challenge. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, is um, didn't they? It backfired on Haley a few days later when they were like, "Well, there's also U.S. parts in this missile." No, that was before. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Foreign Policy magazine um, obtained the report from the UN. And it said there were some Iranian parts and also some U.S. parts. (laughs) And then it's funny because the foreign policy article was like, oh, well, Iran has sneaky ways for getting around sanctions. They probably bought these U.S. parts from a shady contractor and then sold them to the Houthis. So they were still trying to pin the U.S. parts on Iran. Okay, well, <laughs> then you better check into what contractor is breaking sanctions. That's what they were, they were like, <laughs> that's what they said. They're like, this should be used, if anything, yeah, that'd be to a, drum up support for more sanctions. Oh, God. That'd be a pretty, like, big scandal if you found out, like, Northrop Grumman was selling missile parts. <laughs> <to> like, <laughs> like, whoops. That's what they made it sound like. Yeah. Um, but... Yemen has a stockpile of weapons. Um, They have weapons from the DPRK from decades of um, just receiving weapons from different places. Uh, Saleh was a U.S. ally, so they have a ton of U.S. weapons. I wouldn't be surprised if um, they somehow got weapons from, if like Saleh was buying weapons from Iran at some point. Right. Um, even though they were sanctioned at that point. But yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. No, I I mean, look, at they just busted <laughs> the Turks for trading gold with Iran. They got, <laughs> the U.S. has a state witness against Erdogan, possibly. So <clears throat> there was a lot of people. You know, that's just how it goes. The people break sanctions and they look the other way. It just depends on who it is. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if... And it was the war on terror period when Saleh was an ally of the U.S. Right. So I just, the same with, like, Iraq. When they just trained death squads, I could see them just looking the other way. Like, whatever. You know, if you're fighting terrorism, it's fine. Mm-hmm. As long as you justify it like that. Because, I mean, George W. Bush would work with Bashar Assad if the case called for it. He right. didn't care, you know what I mean? It, they looked for ways to just kind of, they would look away if you were on the list of like all right we'll cooperate for now mm-hmm. anyone who helps with like the war on terror you get what you want I, I don't know and now we've reached a thousand days yeah so. and the best part that made my week was when um just days after nikki haley's missile fiasco um riyadh <laughs> got, uh the Yemeni forces launched a missile at Riyadh again at the Al-Yamama Palace, which is a government building. And it was slated to take place on a Tuesday morning when Saudi officials were supposed to be conducting whatever business they do on a Tuesday morning. (laughs) Um, So that just made my day because it was right after Haley flipped out and everyone was already in panic mode. So they launched a missile, another missile at Riyadh um, on the day of the thousandth day. And I haven't seen much of a response to that from the US despite Nikki Haley being so angered the week before. I guess now that she knows that it the international community doesn't care about rallying an anti-Iran coalition. They can't really use the most recent launch to justify anything. Right. 
It's the only thing I could think of. Did they try and say they intercepted it again? Yeah, they do that every time. Yeah. They always... It's funny. <laughs> it's funny because as soon as the Yemeni media outlets report that a missile was launched, instantly the Saudi outlets will say it was intercepted and then the next thing you see is like pictures of it hitting the ground and fire and other people in Riyadh saying no that didn't it wasn't intercepted all the buildings were shaking oh, shit. <laughs> yeah that, they carried the airport one on for like two days of trying to say it was intercepted yeah this time they gave up in like a few hours yeah I don't think anyone bought it because you can't that was what was so crazy about the purges there, was you didn't know what was real. Yeah. Because they just deny everything. That's all. That's their only strategy, is yeah. just like, no, that's not true. Yeah, you can never trust anything they say, and there's no, like, media checks or anything no. there. No, no. For what they say about North Korea here, like, Saudi Arabia is twice as wild, you know what I mean? Like, to think one of their, like, their richest citizens will just go missing. Like, hey, what happened to him? Like, nothing. We have no comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you find out that he's in the, like, Ritz-Carlton and, yeah. you know, in Riyadh, and he, uh, you know, he has to pay $2 billion to get out, you know, of house arrest, basically. Well, they shot that prince, and they spent, like, a whole day being like, nah, he's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> what you happened never with, know what's going on there. What yeah. happened with uh, Al Jabir? I thought he was supposed to be... He's, that <laughs> was know? another one. That was just a rumor that started coming out. And, like, uh, there was some Arabic outlets reporting it, and then when they asked the Saudis, they are just like, no, nah, no comment. I'm like, why don't you just have him say something? Because it turned out he wasn't even fired. Yeah. Like, why didn't you just say, yeah, he's still here? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like... Maybe they did fire him and then they brought him back or something. They could have because he's... I don't know. They're weirdos. Yeah, but at the same time, like, somebody I thought, like, an exception would be made like that for is, like, Bandar Bush or something. But even he got, like, swept up. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if somebody was going to be fired and then people got mad, like, the Bush family got angry. You know what I mean? They'd be like, all right, well, we'll let Bandar out. You know, but... and. When it comes to, like, Al Jubair, like, who really gives a shit? Who would stand up for him (laughs) (laughs) to bring him back out of retirement? Like, who would care besides maybe a few shitty, like, embassy workers? Maybe. Yeah. Like, some ambassadors who are, like, high on the Saudi payroll would probably be like, oh, no. Yeah. But nobody else would give a shit about that guy. Um, what's going on with the purges? Are... Does anyone know? are they still in the hotel? I I haven't heard anything besides the uh, the one the one guy who had to pay like two point two billion dollars to get yeah, out. Yeah, I think. Um, Did they start releasing them after confiscating their assets? I think they yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I think most of them bought their way out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Some of them had to pay like billion bucks. Didn't two some billion. have to give up stakes in the uh, Aramco? Probably. Yeah, I think so, and. What cracks me up is, like, even a bunch of indie media outlets were framing this as, like, an anti-corruption kit. <laughs> right. <laughs> MBS is the greatest, well, because, you know, a hero. Yeah, because they base everything off of, like, what Western media says. So yeah. they read Western media, which is all, like, Saudi shareholders and, like, right. the New York Times mm-hmm. and Washington Post and shit like that. And they all, like, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. He's a reformer and, like... People in the indie media here won't go that far. They're like, nah, he ain't no reformer. Yeah, yeah. He has his flaws, but... (laughs) They will be like, well... They're like, well, Saudi Arabia's still evil, but he's obviously cleaning up, like, the most evil or something, because that's what the U.S. media says, which is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Speaking of the New York (laughs) Times, can we talk for a second about... (laughs) Thomas Friedman? Yes. Oh, yeah. That op-ed where he sat down with... Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah. Did you hear I about this? I did not this? read it. Oh, no. my. oh man. It's a work of art. It's the weirdest. <laughs> thing. I need to. I need to read this. I need um, to put it on my list real quick. It's um. There's the part where Thomas Friedman talks about getting blasted by a fire hose of ideas. Yeah. From Mohammed bin it's Salman. It's very intimate. He's like <laughs> never has an Arab leader. Um. What like shook me the way yeah. Prince Salman? It's has. weird as hell. He, man. It was 
what? It was after 1 a.m. when we finally entered his hotel room <laughs> and he blasted me with a fire hose of ideas or something. He's, no, he's like, I succumbed to his youth at 1 a.m. <laughs> that was <Yeah>. it. <laughs> he's like, you're twice my age. Thomas Friedman's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> give a fuck, dude. That was the worst fucking... I've read a lot of garbage in the fucking New York Times, dude, but that's one of the worst things I've ever read. Yeah, I... It's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever read in the New York Times, too, and that's saying a lot. I didn't even get that far into it. <laughs> I stopped after, like, the first paragraph, and then I pointed it out to you, and I'm like, oh, this is so bad. Let me just point out... All right, so he says, To better understand if it, 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 I flew to Riyadh to interview the crown prince known as MBS, who had not spoken about the extra, extraordinary events here of early November. When his government arrested scores of Saudi princes and businessmen on charges of corruption and threw them into a makeshift gilded jail, the oh. Riyadh Ritz-Carlton, oh, yeah. until they agreed to surrender their ill-gotten gains, like, <laughs> quote, like, he didn't even use quotes for that, uh, you don't see that every day. Like, ill-gotten, like, what makes ill, like, MBS's fucking gains not ill-gotten? Well, like, you know? Also, this man, yeah, MBS also just bought the most expensive piece of art in history. He's bought mm -hmm. two yep. French chateaus. After nearly four hours together, yeah. I surrendered at 1.15 a.m. <laughs> to MBS's youth, pointing out that I was exactly twice his age. <laughs> Come on! Uh, like, there's an, and then, um, What's funny is, like, he asks him, like, well, so what's up with Saad Hariri? And he's like, nothing. He's like, all right. What's up with all <laughs> these dudes? For it. Yeah, what's up with all these dudes in the hotel? He's like, nothing. He's like, all right. Like, what's up with Iran? Like, oh, they're Nazis. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he said that? He calls the Ayatollah, not, like, Hitler. Hitler. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about anything except, like, blaming other motherfuckers for shit. Yeah. He's like, and well, cleaning up corruption. He's like, oh, yeah, my dad said we can't be a G20 nation with all this corruption. <laughs> There's one family that owns everything, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are and you, you talking about? And you guys are, the, like, the figureheads of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fucking... <laughs> well, like I said, he just bought... He's preparing to privatize the place. Like, that. Yeah. I just wrote about that. You mm -hmm. go liberal reforms. Yeah, and it's going to be awful for everybody there who's, like... They're used to fucking leaving their air conditioners on all day and, like, free electricity 62. and shit. Yeah, they're yeah. fucking... They don't give a fuck. They're all riding around on, like, hoverboards and stuff, dude. And, like, this place is fucking wild. And the yeah. thing, like, the Saudis are just gonna, like, nah, you can't have any of this dumb shit anymore because yeah. we don't have the money and we sold everything. Not but, only are they privatizing everything, they're um, selling everyone out to basically turn the country into like a circus show. Yeah. They have these huge plans that are not going to pan out how they want. Yeah, like no. they have plans to build this 500 billion dollar utopian mega city yep, with yep. streets that clean itself and <laughs> the the video for that is so weird. <laughs> the website for Saudi visions fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like this shit you would see in like a futurist um, dystopian movie, like right before the dystopia happened. But yeah. at the same time, they Blame all look like the monorail video from The Simpsons, too. <laughs> like, it's all like the fucking monorail song yeah. at the same time, because it's such a piece of shit, like, scam. Yeah. Like, everything mm -hmm. looks like a giant scam. And it's like, what the fuck is this? The Russians yeah. uh, claim they would uh, invest like billions of dollars in, into building it. Which is, uh, if that actually takes place, like, uh, Russia is, like, the biggest contributor to the, to building the city. Like, <laughs> God, that would just be rich. I just, I don't know. There's so, it, you can tell it's already fucked up, because, like, a lot of the reforms are just, what MBS brags about in that Friedman article is just, like, girls can take gym class. Oh, and yeah. And we have iPads in school. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude. This sucks. Like, this is what you do to the inner city here. Like, this yeah. is how, like, neoliberalism fucks up this place. Like, yeah, I already girl seen Uber this. drivers. Yeah. And does he not realize that there's subsidies to the poor are the only thing holding that country together? Right. <laughs> yeah, he's making, like, these cultural signifiers as, like, the only thing he thinks... He thinks, like, that'll save him from the pain that's gonna come. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. He's like, yeah. yeah, women can drive. We want women in the workforce. And at the same time, we want to, like, build up industry of, like, light to medium manufacturing. So it's like, okay, so you want, like, 
more of your fucking poor people in factories making right. garbage, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, they're gonna stri- the worst thing is gonna when they uh, strip price controls. That's really gonna f- <laughs> yeah. screw everything up for them, and that's that's the kind of shit that turns people like the working class that are against them. You know? well, it'll be like the middle class that they fuck well, up yeah. the most. Yeah. It'll be like that bureaucrat class that gets fucked, because that's who I think benefits the most. The slums are fucking shit, you know, like the way they treat their poorest. Fucked. They're yeah, they're already screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah actually, they may not notice. Yeah, vision because they're already like that. But the rest of them, who like I said, they they do depend on that shit. They depend on like, oh yeah, I leave six TVs on. You right. know what I mean? Like, I don't think about it because I don't pay any bills. Like, I don't pay my electricity bill. Gas is near free for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just have a gas station at my apartment. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit? And to top it <laughs> off. We were talking about the Da Vinci painting he bought and the house. Um, oh, the French Chateau? Yeah. yeah. Besides all that, their war in Yemen costs over $200 million <laughs> yeah. each day. A day. day. Yeah. 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 A day. <laughs> They're so stupid. It's wild. It's funny, too, because like, everyone knows he wants out, but like he doesn't know what to do. Well, just give it up to the UAE, which they don't want to do, but that's what's kind of happening. No, then that's what, that's what they're going to have to do, and he's not going to do that. He doesn't... They've invested so much money into this. And he doesn't want to relinquish control of the GCC. That's one thing that's important to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? The one thing that's important is the GCC is a unified body on, like, foreign policy, according Mm -hmm. to MBS. That's bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> but according to MBS, it's a unified body on foreign policy, and that body's led by Saudi Arabia. That's why, like, you know, obviously that's why Qatar is kicked out of that shit, because yeah. Saudi Arabia right. dictated that. So he's not going to want to surrender, like, control, or, like, what seems like the premier power of the GCC. Yeah, they've never been unified in, like, p- policy, especially, like, with, you know, Libya. Qatar was on one side, and yeah. the UAE and, you know, Saudi Arabia was on the other, and... uh you know that a lot of people think that's like the start of why Qatar was isolated in the first place. You know, it has a lot to do with it, and not only that, the UAE and the Saudis butt heads in Libya too, just yeah. like they butt heads in Yemen. That's another reason I don't think the Saudis would hand over um, the Yemen policy to the UAE is because the UAE is backing the Southern separatist movement, and that. By separating, they're inadvertently acknowledging that the government in Sana is a legitimate government. Right. And that's the whole point of the Saudis being in that war, is to push the Sana government out. Yeah. How, um, how come nobody cares what Oman does? Because they don't do anything. I know. Why does nobody care? How come they don't just make them, like... They're just chill. Oh, all right. I guess. I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. What else we got on our short list? Um. Oh. Well, we should probably at least talk about the thousand days in yeah. Yemen, um, since we devoted so much time to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, thousand days hit. We have over thirteen thousand people dead. We have lots of schools, markets, homes, factories destroyed. Since uh, Saleh died, they've in even increased their airstrikes even more on civilian areas. I think they killed like 160 people in one week oh in separate attacks, too. <laughs> they bombed a prison. Aren't um, cholera cases about to hit like a million? Yep, it's about to hit a million, and Saudis are doing damage control, saying that that's not true. <laughs> oh, really? Which I don't know how they can deny that, because they're the ones who have inflicted the blockade, and that's, like, part of their strategy. Right. It's to do that, so I don't... Isn't it a UN source that says, like, is tracking the cholera cases anyways? It's, um... I think it's World Health Organization. Oh, okay. Still, they're reporting it. Then for yeah. all we know, that could be a low number. Yeah, right. that's what I think too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're reporting it, who knows? It could be a, a low number. They could have Saudi donors for all we know, because that's right. how Saudi cash works. It goes everywhere, you know. Yeah. Right. 
So things are getting a lot worse. Um, the Saudis and the U.S. media says that Hodeida port is open, and I'm pretty sure it's not. And even if it is, the Saudis have bombed all of the cranes for unloading cargo, so stuff can't really get in efficiently. A U.N. plane did just land at the Sana airport, though. Well, how does the airport still work? I don't know, because they <laughs> bombed all of the... Yeah. Right after the early November Yemeni missile launch, they swept in and bombed the communication infrastructure in the airport so that after the blockade was lifted, the well, after the partial blockade was lifted, I don't know how planes were supposed to yeah, land. Yeah, that's what I mean. They've destroyed everything. It's hard to imagine, like... Imagine distributing aid with no infrastructure. Yeah. Everything's been destroyed. Yeah, they all rely on, like, solar power for their houses and everything. Wasn't it uh, UAE troops that, like, greeted the UN plane, though? So it must have been the UAE that, you know, made it happen in the first place. Um, well, a lot of aid enters through Aden, where the UAE is, mm -hmm. but not Sana, because that's Houthi control. Oh, okay. And I would just like to point out, because I know the media won't cover this, that um, the Houthi government just granted amnesty to all of the coup plotters um, in the GPC, and they released them, except for those convicted of attempted murder. And I'm sure media is still freaking out about them cracking down on dissident, even though these people just planned a coup against them. <laughs> well, it's all to stop Shia Hitler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, things are deteriorating, but at least the Sana government is growing stronger. So yeah. That's one good thing. The coup did not descend into anarchy. No. As failed coups sometimes do. And... No, and they're working hard to unite tribal leaders and form an anti-aggression, uncorrupted coalition now that they have the corruption out. So that's a good thing. Um, there's something else I was going to say. Oh, they've spent a lot of time raiding Saleh's, what all of his hideouts and whatever, and they found it. They found... N the gold picture was a lie, I believe, but they did find a bunch of artifacts, like what? ancient Egypt artifacts and stuff. <laughs> and when they raided the Yemen Today, which is uh, Saleh's party, when they raided the media outlet, there's this picture of him on the wall, like next, superimposed next to a picture of uh, Che Guevara oh, <laughs> wearing a shirt. It's just the fun one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, what a weird photo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Alright. So that's it on Yemen right now, I guess. Let's touch on our last subject. Yeah. Speaking of sanctioning people, let's talk about today, as we're recording, so the 22nd, um, <coughs> new sanctions were announced on the DPRK in the UN, well, voted on and passed. Yeah, Security Council. Mm-hmm. <coughs> All 15 members right. voted for it. Yeah. China and Russia. Yeah. And, and from what I understand, it's uh, it, like it restricts um, fuel ships and, uh, you know, and also it's kicking out any uh, North Korean people out of other countries, gives them two years to leave, um, which, I mean... For what it's like, well, I don't even know how do you how do you you know enforce that? You don't really enforce that. You know, I'm sure the U.S. will or whoever you know, or look, if they pressure some Middle Eastern country or something to, you know, stop doing business with them, you know. I, I think they work all over the world, and I think a lot of people wouldn't even give a shit if they were skirting sanctions anyway. Right. Um, yeah, the other one is the fuel imports, which They're like refined fuel products. Right. Um, they, they want to cut down they want to cut down 90% which I don't know how like we've gotten in sanctioning this far and it's still like there's 90% to cut because right. it seems like once every mm -hmm. month there's new sanctions 
Um, have you seen this story? Hmm. Man charged with acting as agent for North Korea. No. Oh, some Australian <laughs> dude. I don't know what kind of company he. I think he was an arms dealer. He was apparently <laughs> violating sanctions by <laughs> selling something to North Korea. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Uh, they say they've sanctioned everything. Every time Trump says, like, these are the toughest sanctions ever put on them, ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what's left to sanction? And they even admit now, like, the statements coming out are like, well, yeah, this will probably mostly hurt common people. And right. Like, yeah. And they don't care. Their only plan is, like, hopefully this will cause a split in, like, the power structure. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. It actually just moves <laughs> the other way, you know. They don't, it just, they, you know, unites them. And uh, it's amazing. It, it, there apparently there's, there's been some shorting, uh, shortages of uh, oil in some parts of the country, but they make do there. They're not going to, you know, like, uh, they're prepared for the U.S. to do this shit through the U.S. Yeah, so. you're watching them do it to every other country in the world. Right. Why and wouldn't you expect it? They've been living like this for half of a century. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, really more since, like, 1991. Right. But still, they, they know... Yeah, they've known this was coming. Like, this has been... You know, this was, like, the big deal between Clinton and them, too. It was, like, it, shit was just so rough there that Clinton ended up sending aid, and they said they'd stop the weapons program, but... Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't get, you know... This plan isn't working, and it's stupid to think so, because it seems like the political structure in the DPRK is more rallied around Kim Jong-un than ever before at this point. Yeah. Because they know they have, like, the number one deterrent. They've achieved what they needed to. Did you read the, uh, did you see that article that Duran ran on, uh, the, uh, they're drawing up, like, McMaster and Mattis are, uh, drawing up plans to, you know, strike certain launch sites and stuff yeah. like that before our next missile test and stuff like that. They're doing drills or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and, but they're always doing that, but at the same time, they are saying weird shit, like, McMaster's like, well, we're looking for a resolution. Not yeah. necessarily a peaceful one, which I don't know, but I, it's an unwinnable war, or it's a war you can win, but the cost will just be so high. I forgot who it was. I think it was Merkel who said suggested nuclear talks, like <laughs> similar to the Iran deal. And I laughed in my head because I'm like, no one's gonna go for that. No, <laughs> they don't have anything, and no one's gonna go for it. Because the U.S. is so adamantly against it. Yeah, right. and they they just don't have anything that makes them, like, economically worth trying to start that fight for. Right. Like the oil in Iran. When it, the Iran deal started. Yeah, because it would all be driven by capital interests. Yeah. And they don't have anything, except for labor. Yeah. They would just want to exploit labor, but that's they can get that so many other places. <laughs> I think there, there are some, like big deposits of like rare materials like you know rare metals and stuff there but like probably it's not like oil obviously you know the price is way down it's right. incredibly expensive to start a mining operation it can take right. like 10 years to see a return that's all so far out that i don't think you'd see anything in the short term where anyone would even right. think that calculating that cost and then imagine what situation would you be working in in North Korea? Like, what bureaucracy would you be dealing with or what right. government would... Like, you have to know what state you'll be dealing with because if the U.S. intends to overthrow them, like, you don't know the future at this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. And, you, like, the environment's going to be toxic at some... You know, yeah. too, you know, with... Uh, you, you know, the U.S. has talked about using tactical nukes, you know. Like, if you've mm -hmm. played Fallout, you know, the Fallout <laughs> games, like, you know, the, the mini-nukes or whatever... You know, they talk about using that, but like the again, the DPRKs, they're prepared for this. They they buried pretty much all their infrastructure basically on purpose because last time you they, the U.S. leveled their country. Yeah. You know, so like they're prepared for this. You're gonna have to fight them in the mountains. You're gonna have to fight them like and have to like try to break into underground bases and shit. And you're just that's not gonna work. You're gonna you're going to lose a lot of lives, even, and it's going to be the ROKs, you know. Yeah, lives. even if you just lit them up instantly, you'd still have, like, 10 million dead people in Seoul. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you could potentially have, like, what, 
maybe millions of dead people in Japan or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say they'd have to deal with... Aside from all of the smaller countries that the U.S. doesn't care about, they'd have to deal with Japan and um, that whole region. Yeah. (laughs) Nuclear fallout. They question, like... Yeah, it's questionable whether the DPRK could hit here. You know, like, our analysts or whatever argue over it. Right. But there's no question they can hit Japan or Mm -hmm. South Korea. I I think they could hit us, like, surprise us with... uh, Or surprise the U.S. with... Uh, like an EMP attack over the country, and that would that would really fuck shit up. That would devastate, you know, the yeah. economy here overnight. But, uh, but like, would they like be able to hit us with a nuke? Not likely. We have conventional artillery and shit that would hit it, you know. So they'd have to do a lot of prep for it. But like in the heat of a war, I think they could easily lob something off at Japan. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. It would take a lot of preparation to launch something on the United States. Yeah, and hope like, and accurately hit what you want or like target the area you want. But to hit like Japan or something. Well, and we know that um, the bad systems don't work. Yeah, <laughs> because that's what they have in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, supposedly. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. Know no, that, yeah. there's always been a question of whether those things will work because nobody's really tested them. No, they mm-hmm. haven't really been used in like combat situations. Well, aren't they used really for the, just the radar? Like, but it's, if it's not picking up certain, like maybe the missiles are flying too low for it to pick up or something. Too low or too high? I don't know yeah. how it works, but they've just never been tested. And even like, um, the U.S. has you know a ton of ships with missile interceptor systems on them mm-hmm. by Japan, but even those have never managed to take down a Korean missile. Right. So. Or did they shoot one down? I don't know. I don't think they've shot any down. I don't think so either. I can't remember if I, if there was one or not, but I don't think so. But either way, it doesn't matter. These things have never been tested in like real scenarios. Yeah. And, and they're not, probably not going to fire anywhere near a U.S. you know interceptor, anyways. No, you know, they're going to know where that shit is at. And Saudi Arabia does have like missile interceptor systems. So yeah. I mean, if they can't stop a Houthi missile made from domestic parts, they're not going to stop an ICBM. Right. <laughs> Launch like quickly. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, An ICBM launched quickly at, like, Japan from North Korea. Like, they're not going to be able to stop it. If they can't stop, like, a Houthi missile. The Saudis, with all that they have, Mm -hmm. they can't stop that bullshit. There's no way, like... And the U.S. hasn't managed to stop anything. So... That's, That's why it's pointless to... For the Saudis to drum up war with... You know, Iran, anyways, because like, if you can't take down like you know Houthi missiles or whatever, then like you think you're gonna like the North the the North Koreans gave Iran the Hwasong uh, missile. You know, that's their like ver- like that's basically just a North Korean missile. They Iran the Saudis can't do anything. No. Yeah, not only <laughs> missile capabilities, but they would have to spend so much money hiring mercenaries. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have troops. Yeah, no. they suck. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they'd just spend, they'd have to fight, hire mercenaries or try and get, like, Pakistan to fight a war again. I mean, how many, how much would you have to pay a day just to hire a, mo- you know, like, could, could, you know, Sudan, uh, Sudan and, you know, the countries where they pull that, those troops from even, like, sustain that amount no. of output, you know? No. no, all they, the only country they really pull troops from is Sudan um, and the UAE a little bit, but even the UAE, mostly, their their whole military is made up of mercs. Yeah. Um, one of their high-ranking, like, leading commander in their armed forces is an Australian citizen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, That's amazing. It's mostly all mercs. They don't have anything, and that would that's expensive. I guess they could pull <laughs> from Colombia, but yeah, they'd know, see. It's still just expensive. Yeah, these Western countries have like built themselves up on technology, and it's all fucking bullshit. You know what I mean? They built up these like technological standards, and now they find out like missiles can hit Riyadh. That means they can hit like Tokyo or some bullshit. Yeah, like it's all bullshit. And now it looks like all the, you know, the U.S went through this whole bombing campaign and all this bullshit in Iraq and who ends up winning, like, the PMUs and shit. Mm-hmm. Yep. The U.S., like, all their technical superiority doesn't mean shit for, like, the countries and the resistance. You know, like, the way they push back, it doesn't fucking matter because they're actually prepared to, like, fight wars. Yeah. And this one is, like, 
we're so tired of war, but at the same time, like, so war-hungry and lazy that it's like, well, no, we have drones that kill people, and yeah. we don't even have to put a troop in there. But you can <laughs> use a cell phone to hack a drone, and yeah. who cares? Yeah. You, know, you can hack a drone swarm, because if they're on hive mind. You know, if you hack one, you're going to hack them all, and then you can mm-hmm. just turn them off, you know? <laughs> or you just, and that, they're your drones now, you know? And you can just put, hook up bombs and just, you know, suicide bomb and shit, like... You know, I, it's or for just, all the U.S.'s bluster about their technological superiority. They're not going to win wars against Iran. They're not going to win a war like cost-wise against the DPRK. You know, both their two biggest Asian allies or uh, economic partners besides China are would be wiped out immediately. Both you know? those countries would just send like swarms of boats like loaded with C four. An inch above the water, yeah. just ram them into navy ships that couldn't even see them on radar. Navy ships would just run into each other, <laughs> yeah, because because they run into fishermen <laughs> yeah. all the time, you know. Yeah, Iran especially would just like have a bunch of sh- fucking ships, and at this point they'd probably be remote controlled because that's the simplest shit to right. do. You could mm-hmm. just—that's how the Houthis struck their first Saudi ship. Oh, it was yeah. just a boat loaded down with explosives, like that shit. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Like, this technological bullshit doesn't matter. The same with Korea. Like, you have all these U.S. troops in South Korea, and it's going to be artillery and, like, some shitty rocket trucks that light up Seoul. Soviet artillery (laughs) from the 50s and 60s. Yeah, it's a bunch of, like, cannons buried in mountains with, like, tarps over them and shit that's going to light up Seoul and kill millions of people. And then they said, oh, we'll hit that. But it's like they... They don't realize that they have moving artillery that's just They don't know where any of it yeah, is. They don't know either. where it's at. It's always moving. They admit, so. like, they don't know where it will be until it starts firing. Right. So, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's about a good point to cut it. Sounds good. All right. All right. We will, uh, hold on. We yep. will be back again shortly, hopefully. Um, make sure you go to geopoliticsalert.com. Check out all our stories. Um... You can find me on Twitter at Randy Nord, R-A-N-D-I-N-O-R-D. And I am at James Carey, C-A-R-E-Y, 8990. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook at Jim Carey. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Lil Francois BB. <laughs> Make sure you find the right Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah, not, not the actor who's, uh, like, bringing back... Moon, Man on the Moon movie. Oh, God. Oh. All right. Yeah. All right. That's Let's enough. cut it. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs>